have your Bibles this morning, please take them and turn to the book of Matthew. As I said last week, we're starting a series called The Best Life Ever for 2024. And you're going to see this thread going to out, throughout all the different messages and series that I preach in this year or that are spoken this year because the word for 2024 for this church and this campus is the word best. Everybody say the word best. And the word best, as I explained last week, and I'll probably say this multiple times, and then I'll probably stop, and then I'll wait a week and I'll say it again. So just get used to get ready with this. I, when I say the word best, I am not talking about that we want the most expensive, or we want the most quality, or we want what everybody else has, or we want what society says is best. We, I, we do not believe in name it, claim it. We do not believe in you, walk, you drive onto a car lot, and you find the most expensive car, you lay your hand on and say, this car is mine in Jesus' name. We don't believe that. What I believe and what I, what I believe the word of God teaches us is that God has a perfect plan because God is a perfect God. And so as such, we want what God wants for us. We want what God has for us. And I use the illustration of Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus while Martha, her sister, is all about the house doing all the busy work and trying to do all the stuff and trying to have the best atmosphere, serving the best food, having the best conversation. And she was focused on all the external things that she thought would make this the best evening. But Mary's just sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha gets agitated and says, Master, will you tell her to help me do all the stuff that, I, that I'm doing to make this the best evening ever? And Jesus says to, Mar to Martha, Martha, you concerned yourself with so many things, but Mary has chosen truly the best thing, and it will not be taken from her. And so what I want to tell you this morning is in the year 2024, in all the messages that we share in the series we do, we're going to be focusing specifically, the common theme will be, God, in 2024, we want what's best for us. We want what's best. You know, when, I, when my children want to, when it's approaching dinner time, I don't let my children stock up on junk food when dinner is going to be served in the next few hours. Why? Because that's not what's best for them. In the same way, I'm not going to let my son, who is three years old, play near a um, play with a bunch of metal pieces and wiring. I'm not going to let him hold those things near an outlet in the wall. Why? Because that would not be what's best for him. In the same way, we have to remember our God is also a father. And the father knows what's best for his children. And so when I say the best life ever, I want the life God has for me. I want the best life ever in this year, 2024. And I, and I, and I achieve that by receiving what God has. And when a decision, a moment of decision takes place, I choose, like Mary did, the best thing. So when it comes to God, should this happen or this happen, the Holy Spirit will in that moment kick start in my spirit Choose the best thing. Are you hearing me this morning? So this morning, to go off of that, if you'll go with the book of Matthew, chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 16, on the back of your bulletin, you'll have a place to write these things that you're going to hear this morning. I always, I always leave some space to write down any things that, that God brings to your spirit, but uh, we have a few blanks to fill in here, and I'm going to give those to you now. But starting in Matthew 6 and verse 16, this is Jesus talking. He said, and when you fast, somebody say, when you fast... Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Verse 17, 
But when you fast, somebody say, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Can we go to God in prayer right now? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for the opportunity to hear your word, to digest your word, and let your word produce fruit in our lives. Now, God, I pray the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing in your sight, for you are my rock. You are my redeemer. And as we sang earlier, God, we want to build our life on you this year. May 2024 be the best year ever because we want the best life ever. We want your life, Jesus, for you said I've come to give you life and not just life, life abundantly. So God, I pray in Jesus' name for everyone in this room and everyone listening to the sound of my voice online right now and listening to the replay. May 2024 be the best year ever because we want your best for us this year in Jesus' name. And if you believe that, what do you say? Amen. Amen. So today I want to talk to you about best diet ever, question mark. It's 2024. Happy New Year. Every single person in the world, even if they have weight they need to gain in the new year, the top always New Year's resolution in the beginning of a year is what? I got to lose weight. Because of the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, we, we, we usually end the year a little heavier than we started it. And so a lot of people make the resolution in the new year, I need to lose some weight. But what I'm going to talk to you about this morning is not the best diet ever. Because what I'm going to talk to you about this morning, God never created it to be a diet plan. But unfortunately, a lot of Christians treat fasting as a way to burn a few pounds. And when the opportunity to fast comes up, they just skip meals and think, well, that's fasting. And it's also a way for me to lose some weight. And before we go any further, if you have that point of view on fasting, then right here and right now, let me just tell you as the pastor here, because I'm held accountable for everything I share from this pulpit, God did not create fasting as a discipline for the Christian to lose weight. Can I just put that out there right here and right now? If you're fasting to lose weight in your Christian life, you are completely missing the point of why we fast. So let's just go ahead and put that and let that sit there. But the first thing I want to talk to you about this morning is what fasting is. Fasting is simply translated to mean going without, putting away. And 99% of the time in the Bible, when fasting is mentioned, it is related to food. And typically, people that fasted in the scriptures went without food and drank only water. Some people would do it for a day, for three days, seven days, 40 days. The record I've read in the scripture, Moses went 80 days without food, only water, which is supernatural. Humans cannot do that. If a, if a, if a normal human went 80 days without, without food and only drank water, they would die. They would die. The, you, the average human can only go between 45 to 50 days without physical nourishment. And we can only go about, about three days without water. So, fat, so fasting is very, very much a discipline. And you need to be led of the Lord on when you do it and how you do it. However, the first thing, like I said, is that fasting is expected. That's your first blank. Fasting is expected. God created the discipline of fasting for his children because he expects us to do it. 
Now, what, we, what I need to make sure again is we do not do it when you feel a little bloated. Well, I'm going to go on a fast for a little bit. That's not why we do it. There is a process in the world that is called intermittent fasting. How many of you have heard that? I've done it. And it does work for weight loss. And basically what it is is you, you set aside a time of your day and you just do not eat. And if you, if you want to call it a diet plan and I'm just going to go without food through intermittent fasting, which is intermittent going without, that's great. But the fasting that I'm talking about and the fasting that the Bible is talking about and the fasting that Jesus is talking about here is not for weight loss. It's for something much better and much more powerful in our lives. But fasting is expected because I had you read, say it back to me twice. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 16 and 17, when you fast. Everybody say when. Not if, not should you, when you fast. Every word in the Bible is intentional. So when you see the word when, that means expected. It should happen. It will happen. When you fast. So we need to understand right then and there that God expects us to do this. God asks us to do this. But unlike prayer and reading the word of God, this isn't something that needs to happen every day all the time. Because as I said earlier, if you go without food for long enough, you will wither up and die. And if you go without food for, for unhealthy periods of time, you are not doing your body a service. Because as Paul said, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And last time I checked, it's not very good to go into a place of worship and strip it completely bare and then expect to come back the next day and everything's back to normal. You got to rebuild it. You got to re-put the walls up again. You got to put the pews back in again. You got to put new carpet back in again. We were never designed to completely shred our lives through fasting. God never intended that. So this is a discipline that God does not expect you to do all day, every day. This is not a discipline God even expects you to do once a week, twice a week. There is no limit on fasting. There is no mandate on fasting. The only thing God asks you is do it when you do it. When you do it. So what, I'm, what are you trying to say with all this, Pastor David? What I'm trying to say is there should, there should never be a moment in your heart where fasting is for other Christians, not me. Fasting is something they do. Fasting is something that denomination does. Fasting is something that that, that that belief system does. That church can do it. The Mark Tree Campus can fast. We're not going to fast. No, no, no. Jesus, who we worship, our Lord and our King, he's the one who said, when you fast. He's the one who said, I expect this from you. And if he's your Lord and he's your King, then that means we should do what he says. It's a very foreign concept in our American culture. Because the first three words of our Constitution are, we the people. But in the kingdom, it's all about the king. The first four letters in the word kingdom are king. It's all about him. And if the king says, when you fast, my king expects me to fast. So therefore, I need to do it to please him and to worship him. Number two, fasting is personal. This is your second blank. Fasting is personal. And it's very personal to God. It's very personal to God. It's very personal to you. Jesus explains this in the verse 16 where he says that when you fast, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites. Because when they fast, they disfigure their faces so that they can be seen by others. And other people will know that they're fasting. 
And truly I say to you, they have received their reward. You see, here's what the Pharisees would do. And if you don't know who the Pharisees are, the Pharisees were a religious group that ministered the word of God, taught the people the law, uh, announced the law. They had over 600 commandments that they had to keep that were all paraphrases or additions to the original ones that God gave in Exodus. And But basically, they would make the law known to the common people, and the common people would sit and hear them. And after a while, it went to their heads, and a lot of Pharisees would use the, the, the law and use the religious practices to gain power and influence and to have their way and to get away with things in the culture. And a lot of them were, were corrupt in how they did it, which is very also just true of any religious place. Once you begin to have influence and people listen to you, you begin to learn that you can take advantage for those that don't have a clean heart about it. But regardless, when they would fast, they would make it obvious they're fasting. It would look like they hadn't slept in days. It would look like they hadn't eaten in a lifetime. They, they, would, they would disfigure their faces and, and they would put, you know, their faces would look dirty and, and their faces would look like they, you know, like their eyes were sunken and they'd put like, they put like, you know, powder and, and, and colorful things under their faces. And so their faces did not look natural. It looked like, my goodness, what have you been doing? I've been fasting, brother. I've been fasting 24 hours a day, 25 days now. I'm trying to make it to 40. Oh, God's pleased with my sacrifice to him. And they'd walk the streets and enter the synagogue looking like that. And, the, and Jesus says here, truly I say to you, they've got their reward. Congratulations, Pharisees. Everybody knows you fasted. Good job. Everybody knows you're fasting. That's all you're going to get. Because, but then Jesus says, no, that's not the point of this. When you fast, wash your face. Anoint your head. What does that mean? Take a shower and smell good. When you walk throughout this earth, there should be as if nothing's happening. It should be status quo. People should not notice that you're fasting or even know that you're fasting. Until possibly you may go to lunch with them and all you order is water and you don't eat. But even then, make it as nonchalant as you can where it's almost like they don't notice. It's almost like they're enjoying your conversation. They're enjoying spending time with you. And they don't even, they don't even know you're not eating. You're just drinking water. Make it as completely no big deal as possible. Why? Because then it's not about how people see you. It's about how God sees you. When you fast, make it a point that it's about you and him, that it's personal. It's not about them. It's about me, and it's about him. It's personal this way. It's about the most important relationship in my life, which is my relationship with my Father in heaven. I fast for him, not you. If I fast so you'll appreciate me, you know when that stops? When I stop fasting. But if I fast to gain favor and gain, and gain uh, power and, ga and gain discipline and gain uh, knowledge and gain direction from my God in heaven, that might last my whole lifetime. That might be something that God sets in motion for me that could determine my next, bit, my next year, my next two years, my next decade, the rest of my life. Who knows what God may have for me in this season of fasting? That's why I do it. I don't do it. Because I want people to know I'm fasting. 
Because when I stand before God, he's not going to say, did everybody know you fasted? Did everybody approve of your fasting? Did you fast enough days? Did everybody give you enough applause? They don't care. People don't care if you're fasting. God does not care if people know that you're fasting. All that God cares about is you and me, how we doing? You and me, what's our relationship like? You and me, where are we at? Because then when I stand before God, none of you who know who, whether or not you knew I was fasting or not, can stand beside me and go, uh, Father, I would like to fully attest he fasted 30 days every two months and you should reward him and let him into heaven for that. You know what God's going to say? Shut up. Get back in the line. Here's what God's going to say to me alone on that day. My son Jesus, what'd you do with him? And that's it. That's it. My son Jesus, who gave his life to save you, what'd you do with it? I received him. I made him my Lord. I made him my Savior. I did my best to live every day for him. And I stand before you, not on my own account, not on my own strength, but in the name of your son who gave his life for me and who I call my Savior, my Lord, and my King. And I gave my life back to him. Good. Come on in. And that's it. And that's it. If you can't say that this morning, I hope you can before you leave today. And if you're watching online, that's the only thing that's going to get you into heaven. Jesus said it this way. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to my Father except through me. Salvation comes by one name, the name above all names. By grace, we have been saved through God, not by works, so no man can boast. No, matter, no, no amount of fasting is going to punch my ticket to heaven. There are people that fast in religions all over the world. There are people that go days, weeks of fasting in other religions, and it will not save them. Fasting, no matter how much you do it or don't do it, will not raise or lower your holy meter in the eyes of God. It was never intended for that. Pastor David, what was it intended for? We're going to get there in just a second. But something you do need to know is that not only is fasting expected and is fasting personal, but it's rewarding. It's rewarding. There are rewards. There are benefits that come from fasting. When I was first putting this message together, I looked up both the spiritual and the physical benefits of fasting. I'm going to focus on the spiritual ones this morning because that's the setting that we're in. But you can Google benefits of fasting that are physical. And that's what intermittent fasting gives you, like regulating your blood sugar, like helping your insulin levels regulate, your hormone regulation. Helping your body readjust and giving your, your organs a chance to filter clean water and no other uh, food sources, no other intakes. And there's, there's many benefits for your brain and many benefits for, for your circulatory system, for your nervous system, for your, for your respiratory system. Fasting literally affects your whole body. So there are physical benefits when you do it. And let me encourage you this morning and all of you watching online, if you have any medical conditions whatsoever that you have to live with every day, Please consult your physician before you do a fast, especially one that is more than like a meal per day. If you say, well, you know what? I feel the Lord leading me to fast for a whole week. Please call your doctor and say, you know, you got my medical records. Is that something I can do? 
Because I promise you, God will not lead you to do something that will put you in physical harm. Are you hearing me this morning? If you need to eat every single day, God will not ask you to give up food. And if he does ask you to give up food, it means you're about to experience a miracle in your life. But please, let's do something very important, which is obey the word of God, and let's not test him. Let's not test him. So let me encourage you this morning. As you, as you think about fasting today, as we start this new year, where are we going with this? Let's talk about it. When you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but only be seen by your Father who is in secret. The presence of the Lord is everywhere, but the physical presence of God is secret to us. It's only when God manifests his presence that we see him in this physical way. Sometimes we see him in the form of his spirit moving and people reacting to his spirit, and therefore we can see God moving on people's bodies and on people's hearts. Sometimes people literally see cloud or rain or fire or angelic, or angelic beings or, or things like that. And God sometimes does reveal himself out of the secrets. But most of the time, we don't see the physical presence of God. He stays in secret. Why? Because then that takes faith. And faith is what moves God's hand. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11, without faith, you can please him. So God chooses to stay in secret so that he can be moved by our faith. And when you fast, you fast on faith. Believing, I'm doing this to please a God I cannot see. And I do this to hear from a God that I cannot see. And I do this to earn, the, to earn um, the opportunity for God to do something new in my heart and new in my life that I could not do before. And I'm doing it with a God that I cannot see. And your father who is in secret and sees in secret, he'll reward you. So now here's the faith that the secret God that I cannot see is going to give me back something for fasting. So now I'm not only having faith in a God I can't see, I'm having faith that the God I can't see is going to do something for me. How many of you have ever seen circumstances coming and you put your trust in a God you can't see to take care of circumstances you can see? I've been there. It's all through the scripture. Children of Israel at the Red Sea. Water here, desert here, water here, Pharaoh's army there. We got nowhere to go. And God, we don't see you. But the God we cannot see makes a way in the midst of what we can't see. And that's just one example. All through the Bible, you'll see many, many examples where God did supernatural things that his people could see, even though he himself, they could not see. Fasting is no different. God says if you fast, and when you fast, when you do it, do it for me, make it personal. And when you do it for me in a personal way, I who am in secret will reward you. So we, we talked a little bit about the physical benefits. Now let's talk about some of the spiritual benefits. And I've given you plenty of room there to write these in. Please write these down. I promise you, you're going to want each and every one of these in your life. Let's just take a minute for each one real quick. Detoxing of the soul. Just like when you don't eat and all you drink is water physically, your body begins to shed toxins. 
It begins to shed maybe you know, uh, trace amounts of things that came in through your food or came in through your drinks or, or came in through snacks you've had or things like that. The body begins to hold on to what is good for you and begins to expel what's not so good for you. It begins to detox. In the same way, when you fast, your soul goes through a detox. Because when you're fasting, here's what you're doing. You're not just avoiding food and still having a daily life. When you're fasting, the time in which I would be eating... I give to God. So in this, t- in this 15 to 30 minutes of my lunch break, where I would be focusing on eating, instead, I'm going to stay at my desk. Or if you're in school, I'm going to go find another room with my teacher's permission. Or if my teacher doesn't give me permission, then at my lunch table or wherever I'm at, if I'm on my college campus, I go back to my dorm room or I just go to a place on my campus. If you're, if you're a pastor like me, I can stay in my office or I can come in here to the sanctuary. But in my normal time where I would be eating, I choose to take that time away from getting food and put that time towards getting God. Are you with me today? So I take that time to pray. I take that time to read more of the word than I would have normally read that day. Or I take that time to just sit in the presence of God and let God speak to me. But in that moment, what am I doing? I'm choosing to take my focus off of what I could be doing and focusing on God. And what is that doing? It's detoxing. I'm shedding things in my soul that I don't have to, that that God allows to take out of me. And God will do that. The Bible says every day we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. What does renewing mean? How many of you ever gotten stuck on an internet page and you hit that refresh button? What does it do? It renews the page. In the same way, sometimes in our lives, our souls get stuck. We get stuck on some things that maybe we should not get stuck on. And we need to refresh. We need to renew. Fasting helps you do that. Number two. Fasting helps you gain a proper perspective. And this is, ever, this is very true because why? When you fast, you're telling food, you don't master me. And you're telling the things of this world, I care more about time with God and my relationship with God than I do the things of this world. So I'm gaining a proper perspective that God is number one in my life. And the more you do this, the more you will soon realize that the more you fast and the more times you fast throughout your life, it becomes a reset for you and like a realignment for you. Because here's the way we were meant to live in this life. We were meant for our spirit to be in charge under the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Then we were meant for our soul to serve our spirit. Pastor David, what's your soul? It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. They were meant to serve your spirit. And then your body becomes a slave to those things. So perfect example, okay? Somebody cuts you off in traffic. If you're out of alignment, here's what happens. You immediately feel something about it. Your body reacts to something about it. And then your spirit goes, what was that for? Are you hearing me? Here's the way it should be. When somebody cuts you off in traffic, your spirit kicks in and says, they're in a hurry, don't react. Or, they got, or they're rude, you don't have to be. Or they did this, here's what you're supposed to do. And your, your patience and your spirit kicks in. Then your emotions and your thoughts come under submission. Wait a second, I'm not going to think that thought. 
I'm not going to feel that way. I'm going to put that stuff in check because it's not worth my energy and it's not worth my time and it's not worth me getting agitated and it's not worth putting a kink in my relationship with God. And then what happens? Your body just follows and hold on to the wheel and keep driving. That's one example, but it flows through all examples. When your spirit's in charge, your soul and your body react the way the word of God wants you to. Are you hearing me this morning? So when you fast, it gives God an opportunity to get you back in alignment. Like going to a chiropractor, which I need to. To go to a chiropractor where all of a sudden it's like your back just... Ah, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's what fasting helps you do. It helps you get a proper perspective, get yourself back in alignment. Number three, it gives you an increased hunger for God. Jesus said, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. The more you find him, the more you want of him. The more you read his word, the hungrier you get for his word. The more you pray, the more you want to pray. The more, you're, the more time you spend in his presence, the more time you want to spend in his presence. He is an insatiable, never-ending, deep, tells to deep, which calls to deep. He is an abundant, completely full well of living water, bread upon bread upon bread, breath after breath after breath. And the more of him I have, the more of him I want. And when you fast and take your mind off food and take your mind off the things of this world and take your mind off the distractions of this world, and when you fast, you get alone with God and completely focus on Him in that moment, all of a sudden you begin to realize, wait a second, I'm not as hungry as I should be. Because like Jesus said about the woman at the well, I found other food from somewhere else. The disciples came to Him and said, aren't you hungry, Jesus? You sent us to town to get food. Aren't you hungry? No. My food came from somewhere else today. Where does food come from? Spending time with his father. There's just something about it. All of a sudden, those hunger cravings and that rumbling in your stomach just begin to subside a little bit more because your body's beginning to realign and you're beginning to find out the presence of God can sustain you. You get a deeper level of praise. When you fast, God begins to reveal things to you, and he gives you new ways to praise him. You're not just praising him for the food you're about to eat. Now you're praising him for the victory you just got over your body. Now you're praising him for the victory you just got over your soul. Now you're praising him for the new level of hunger he's producing in your spirit. Now you're praising him for the breakthroughs he's going to give you as you spend time in his presence. Now you're praising him for the new ways of prayer that he's teaching you, for the new relation of the word that he's given you that you would never have had if you didn't take that moment to spend time in his presence. Fasting unlocks levels of praise you have never never known you had in your spirit and it's new levels of praise that give you new weapons of warfare which gives you new victory in your life pastor david fasting does all of this yes it does yes it does and that's why jesus said when you fast because we need these things are you with me today next one increase in self-discipline the more you fast the more you will learn it's easier to say no to those things it's like riding a bike. If you get on the bike and immediately fall off and never get back on it again, you're never going to ride it. If you get on the bike and fall off and get back on and fall off and get back on and almost fall off and get back on and nearly fall off and then get back on and you don't fall off. The more you fast, the more you learn about it, the more you apply it to your life, the more you discover, wait a second, I'm not, I'm not succumbing to my hunger cravings as much as I used to. 
I'm, I'm, not, I'm not finding it as difficult to spend time with God instead of eat. I'm, I'm not finding it as difficult to say no to food or, or, or as awkward when people say, aren't you eating with us today? Or, or why are you only drinking water? That stuff just is, it's not as, it's not as awkward. It's not as phasing. It's, why? Because what's happening? You're building discipline. You're, you're building up the way to say no to that. You're building up the way to, to, beat, to beat your body to a level into submission to your spirit so that your body can follow and you can have discipline in your life. And it helps you increase that. And here's what's cool about that. If you can do it with food, then you can do it with that addiction you're struggling with. Then you can do it with, those, with, the, with the way you keep saying those words you shouldn't be saying. Then you can eventually even do it with those thoughts you shouldn't be thinking. Or with that mindset you've created about yourself. Or when that person that spoke those things to you 30 years ago and you still hear that voice clear as bell today. You can begin to build up a discipline where you go, hey, in Jesus' name I silence you. Hey, in Jesus' name, I'm not going to listen to that. Hey, in Jesus' name, I'm not going to feel this anymore. Hey, in Jesus' name, I'm not going to let this distract me. I'm not going to carry this into 2024. It's staying back in 2023. Why? Because I've built up a new level of discipline, and you will not master me. Only one will master me, and his name is Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me this morning? Number six, it gives you a sensitivity to God's voice that grows. When you fast, at the beginning stages, the biggest voice you're going to hear is your stomach rumbling. But the more you do it, the more you spend time in the presence of God, you're going to hear God's voice clearer than you've ever heard it before. You're going to hear it clearer when you read his word. You're going to hear it clearer when you pray. And you're going to hear it clearer when you sit and just listen. His voice will feel in some ways louder. Why? Because you've taken away the things that used to silence it. You've taken away the food. You've taken away the distractions. You've taken away the social media. You've taken away the phone. You've taken away all the other things. You've cleared your mind and your heart and you're alone. And this time, God, it's just me and you. Not even food, God, just me and you. And in that moment, it's like God's voice just gets amplified another two notches. And you'll learn to hear it, the tone of it, the sound of it. And then when your fasting period is over and you begin walking through your life, whoa, 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 I'm I'm, I'm eating again. And I'm back to life as usual, but it feels like God's voice is still louder in my life. Why? Because you've grown sensitive to that spirit. You've grown sensitive to that voice. And finally, it gives you victory over that nasty, rotten flesh. That thing that used to stump make me stumble, I got victory over that. That thing that used to trip me up, I get victory over that. That thing that used to weigh me down, I'm getting victory over that. This is why it cannot be just a weight loss plan. Because if it's not spiritual, if you're not taking it to spend time with God, you're not going to gain these things in your life. Only through the prayer and the reading of the word and spending time in God's presence in the times of fasting. That's the only time that you're going to be able to build these things up in your heart so you can have victory over your flesh. And now when I go throughout my life and my flesh wants to do this, my spirit won't be as weak. That's what happened in the garden. Remember that? Jesus was praying, about to go to the cross. And he said to the disciples, could you please watch and pray with me? Please pray with me. My soul is tormented right now. Would you please pray with me? And Jesus went ahead to pray. And he came back and he found them sleeping. And he said what to them? Your spirits are willing, but you've succumbed to your flesh. Your flesh wants to sleep right now. If your spirits were stronger you wouldn't fall to your flesh. So when we fast, we're building up more and more resolve spiritually that those things that used to make us fall away, they're not going to be as powerful to our lives anymore. 
We're not going to succumb to flesh the way we used to. So here is what all this is leading to. This coming Wednesday, January 10th, we're starting 21 days of prayer and fasting here at the Refuge West Campus. We're doing this as a campus ourselves. We're not following the Central Campus or the Marchu Campus. This is something God is leading me to do for this campus. Here's what I want you to do over the next three days. Today, tomorrow, and Tuesday. And, and Wednesday before you come, Wednesday night. I want you to pray in your closet and pray in your prayer time, God, what should my fasting time look like? If, God, if you feel like God's leading you to go without food, again, if you have medical conditions or if you have physical um, restrictions that do not allow you to do a full-on fast, please do not feel pressure to do anything that you don't feel peace about doing. Ask God, God, what would you have me to do? For some of you, Pastor David, you don't understand. My doctor says I cannot fast any food. Well, then guess what? Maybe there's other things you can give up and spend time with God in those things. But God wants you to have victory over every area of your life today. And God wants you to find those levels of resolve and discipline that will give what he has for you. And so what I'm encouraging you to do, this is a template that God showed to me. This is a great way. If you've never fasted before, Pastor David, this would be my very first time to try this thing. But I feel like this is something that I would really love to do. And Aubrey, would you come? I really want to try, I really want to do this because, man, there's some things in my life. I want those benefits. I want those rewards. Then I encourage you to pray about this. Start out just having a daily focused time of prayer. A daily focused time of prayer. January 10th through the 17th. The first week, Pastor David, I am going to do my best to set aside time of prayer. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you decide between you and God, I'm going to create and cultivate a time of prayer. This Wednesday, that's what we're going to do. We're going to create a time and an atmosphere of prayer, and we're going to talk about how we pray and ways you can pray. And that's going to help you going into that first week of how to set up times of prayer in your life. Now, Pastor, if you say, Pastor David, I already do that every day. Great. Then, then you pray about what else can you do? Do you have a Bible reading plan for the year? I'm going to read this much every day. Or I'm going to study this book of the Bible. Or I'm going, to, I'm going to read about this character in the Bible. Or I'm going to read one chapter a day. Or I'm going to read uh, half a chapter a day. Or whatever. Then maybe create that. Well, Pastor David, I have a Bible plan and I have a prayer plan. Great. Now talk about food. Or talk about social media. Or talk about your favorite TV show. Or whatever you find yourself doing that you can give that up for a while and take that time and spend time with God. Whatever that is. Setting up a daily focused prayer life. Then the following week after that, week number two, keep the prayer time going, but fast one meal. Fast one meal. Now, if you don't ever eat breakfast, that doesn't count. The time you would eat every day, fast one meal. I'm going to give up my lunch break. If I need food, I'll eat breakfast then, and I'll give up my lunch break where I would normally eat, and I'm going to spend time in God's presence. Or Pastor David, I, the, the time that I really catch myself, you know, being too relaxed and maybe watching something I shouldn't watch or, or getting negative about my day or whatever is around dinner time, then maybe fast dinner. And instead of eating dinner and feeling negative and feeling overwhelmed, take your dinner time get with God. 
and focus on God and get victory over that season in your life. And then the final week, have your prayer time and try two meals. Try two meals. Two meals. If you drink coffee, if you need coffee, drink it with nothing in it. Try to drink it black. If you're not a coffee drinker and you need need caffeine, I'm going to warn you, there's going to be a caffeine headache. It's going to kick in. But what's that doing? That's your mind detoxing, getting getting out those things. Just be ready for that and pray in those moments. It will go away. But it's going to allow God to help take you into a season of prayer and victory in your life. And then on Wednesday, February, uh, January the 31st, we're going to break the fast together as a church family back in the fellowship hall. And we're going to enjoy a great time together. We're going to feast together, break the fast, and we're going to share stories of maybe things God's done in the 21 days, maybe some answers to prayer, some victories you've gotten, some things that you've learned. And we're going to just share and encourage each other with, wow, what God did over the 21 days. And all three Wednesdays, the 10th, the 17th, and the 24th, when we come in here, we're going to bombard heaven with prayer. We're going to worship with reckless abandon. And we're going to give God that hour, hour and 15 minutes together. And we are going to believe God for victory for us. Believe God for victory for our marriages. Believe God for victory for our children. Believe God for victory for our campus. Believe God for victory for your job. If you've got physical needs, we're going to pray for those things. If you need a breakthrough in your finances, we're going to pray for those things. If you need a breakthrough in your home, we're going to pray for those things. Those three Wednesdays, we are going to go after everything God has for us. We want the best for this year. Are you hearing me today? And all the while doing it in a season of prayer and a season of fasting. And I promise you, when January ends, we are going to be able to say with full confidence, look what the Lord has done. I'm believing it with all my heart. So let me ask you, church, when you fast, What does God have for you? What does God have for you? Again, take the next three days and pray. If you've never done this before, I encourage you to do this. You can do this. If you want to take it and make it a hybrid of it, I'm just going to do one meal a day for all 21 days. Fine. If God leads you to do that, do that. Pastor David, I can't do any meals. That's okay. Then pray and ask God, what can you do? God is very good at putting his finger on something and going, can I have that for 21 days? Can I have that? Can I take? Can, we, can, can you give me that for 21 days? If it's something that you catch yourself doing a lot. Here's, here's, and I know we got to close this down, but let me just encourage you with this. There's three measurements when it comes to worship. Time, money, energy. Where does my time go? Where does my money go? Where does my energy go? If you look at those things in your life, where, what you value with your time, what you value with your money, and what you value with your energy, that's what you worship. If God is number one in your life, God dictates my time. God's not going to ask you to be on your knees 24 hours a day, but God is going to say, what, uh, of today, is your day dedicated to me? When it comes to my finances, God, I give you my tithe. I give you my first, my first fruits. Your top priority. Everything else, I steward the best I can to please you. 
He's God over my finances. And then my energy, how I speak, how I think, what I do with my body, what I do with my day, the choices I make. Am I using my energy in a godly way? He's the master of my energy. What you give your time to, your finances to, and your money to, and your energy to, that's your God. So here's what fasting does. It puts those things back into alignment. God, instead of my energy going here, I'm going to give it to you. God, instead of my finances going here, I'm going to give them to you. God, instead of my time going here, I'm going to set aside this time and give it back to you. When you fast, you get closer to God. Would you stand with me this morning? Lord, as we dismiss today, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would speak to every heart in this room and every heart that's online. And Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' mighty name that you would speak to them and give them wisdom and direction on what you would have them to do in these 21 days. Over these next three days, God, I pray, Lord, in their prayer closet. I pray, God, as they're driving in their car. I pray, God, as they're spending time in worship with you. I pray, God, that if there's someone in this room, God, and they've never received you as their Lord and Savior, then, Lord, today, that you would help them have the chance to do that. Lord, that those watching online right now, if you're watching online and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, then I don't care how much you fast, it's not doing you any good because we fast to please our King and we fast to know our King and we fast to worship the King. So if He's not King of your heart, fasting's not going to help you. But if He is King of your heart, fasting will take you to levels and breakthroughs and victories you desperately need in your life. So Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray you move on our hearts, God, and give us wisdom, discernment, and direction on what you would have us to do. And Lord, I pray that everyone who comes to Wednesday night service would come expecting and anticipating what you're going to do these next 21 days. I am so excited, God, for this season, and I'm so excited for what you have for this campus, and I'm so excited for what you have for all the congregation and those watching. Move in our hearts. Have your way. We dedicate 2024, the beginning of it. We tithe it to you, Jesus. And say, have your way. In Jesus' awesome and mighty name. Amen.